0: Welcome to Four Points Online. We are so honored that you're with us here today. And if God has used this ministry to change your life, we wanna hear about it. So go to fourpoints.org mystory and tell us. You know what, it's because of your generosity that we are able to expand the kingdom. If you wanna give and be a part of what God's doing here at Four Points, go to our website and choose the safe and secure option. Or you can download our app and give there as well. And now we are so excited about hearing a powerful word from God today. I'm super excited about today for a few reasons. Who? I need everybody to just make a who sound. Who? Yeah, because I'm telling you, I feel something good today. First of all, since our church is not considered a Pentecostal denomination church, then the word Pentecost scares a bunch of people. If you grew up like I did, you're scared of the word Pentecost. But let me tell y'all something. It ain't scary. <laughs> Thank God for it. If you're not familiar with it because if it were not for the day of Pentecost, you would not be in church at all <laughs> because that's the birth of the church when the Holy Spirit fell in Acts chapter 2. And so I'm thankful for today, y'all. I'm just telling you. I'm I I love to celebrate Pentecost and um, I'm not going to preach on it the day of Pentecost. I'm not going to preach on that in particular today, but I, I believe it's so important tied in with this message. I believe it's important because if we don't understand what God said, what Jesus told his disciples, then, then we'll miss the whole point and we'll, we'll, we'll keep failing to address the mess of our own lives because I think we miss the point a lot of times of what the mess really is of what our lives are really a mess about, of how we got to where we got to and how we can't get ourselves out by continuing to do do the same thing. As anybody with me today? Say yes. All right. So a mess is a dirty or untidy state of things or of a place, a situation or state of affairs that is full of difficulties. And everybody in here, whether you want to help me out or stay quiet, everybody in here is full of them. Are y'all with me? So today the message is the address, the mess of, what does it say? <laughs> I got good news for you today. This is all of you. Everybody's got crazies that you know, that live beside you, that you're in relationship with. Sometimes it's not your choice. Sometimes it's by birth. Is anybody with me so far? I ain't mad at nobody. I I'm talking about your family, not mine. You know what I'm talking about? But y'all, to break this down a little bit farther and to tell you why I started with Pentecost, I I felt while I was praying this morning, I felt really charged by the Lord that I couldn't leave this one thing out. And it's this, for the last at least two weeks and maybe more, because I share with y'all the truth when I feel like the Lord's put something on my heart or spoken to me, I'll tell you. And so I've been asking God to speak to me on this exact thing. Give me this exact word. I want to hear from you. And I keep hearing the same thing. And I know all of you guys are not as bullheaded as I am, and so you only have to hear something once and you do it. I'm giving y'all a chance not to lie right now. But sometimes for me, it depends on the subject, depends on what we're talking about. It takes me a little bit longer. And this one thing, y'all, one stinking thing for probably almost 20 days now has been one word and it's so constant in my ears, and it's this word. I want y'all to say it with me, yield. 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 Now, I know all of you guys are law-abiding citizens, so when you hear the word yield, you automatically think, I do that every time I see it. (laughs) I'm looking at you in the yellow shirt most of the way back because I, you know what I'm talking about. Whenever I'm getting on the interstate, y'all listen listen to me and don't judge me. And I see a yield sign. Let me tell y'all what it means to me. See y'all are with me, y'all are tracking <laughs> speed up, right? because huh, why if they're going forty and they're right there, but I can go sixty, <laughs> then yield means go, right? <laughs> no, it doesn't, but y'all y'all are agreeing with the wrong thing, and I'm thankful. Yield is what I keep hearing and now like we can tear that word apart and make it a little bit easier to understand because even for your life, maybe when you see that little triangle and you go, uh-uh, I'm not yielding. In our own lives, it just means to give up control. Because he, let me tell you all a problem with relationships, and this is really what the whole thing's going to be about today. Everybody say control. control. We love, love to sing songs about God is in control. <laughs> Nobody? That's good singing, everybody. I mean, I'm proud of me. Just kidding. Just kidding. It's bad. Don't clap. You're lying. I love you. I'm just kidding. But we love to talk about it, right? And listen, listen. I'm not arguing God is not God. He is supreme. He is above all things. He holds all things together. He is absolutely God. But listen to me, listen to me. In your life and in my life, most of the time, what's this word? That happens because I don't let God be in control. Let me me just... Take it another step. Most of the time when it comes to relationships or the problems and the messes that I have in relationships, I'm unwilling to yield control because I feel like it's almost like I'm white-knuckled towards the people in my life and I just want to make sure that I can control all the things, which the problem is it leads to an untidy state of things and it causes things that are full of difficulties. But here's the deal. I want to blame the mess on you. Right? right? Blake, it's your fault, because you, cause you talk junk about me. So watch this. This seems funny and really mundane and really stupid, and like we would just push it to the side and say, "This is no big deal, except for the fact that I can't stop thinking about it if you say something about me. Right. Y'all can talk. I need y'all to preach with me today. Can't get no help because it's awkward. So, so I'm full of difficulty because you decided to say something about me, and so I let it consume my life because I care so much about what you think that it then becomes the thing that I'm fixed on. Watch this. This is, this is all just me giving it to you, and you can call it whatever giving it to you is because I'm ready to relinquish this in Jesus' name. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <clears throat> I've noticed in my life that I've got these certain people that I feel like, watch this, if I could just get them in my life, then some doors would open up. Y'all with me? Y'all, I feel a weight of what I'm preaching today. And the weight is, not you're doing this. The weight is, this has been most of my life. Oh, if I could just be friends with Will, if I could just be friends with Stephen, man, it'd change everything. If I could just if I could just, I know she knows who she knows, who she knows, who he knows. And then if I get those seven, you know, the relationship, you know, then I'll get to meet so and so. And if, it, if that, I just need that door open in my life, I could just get that thing open in my life. And so we look at people and all of a sudden they become people that can get us things. I know I'm the only one. That's why it's quiet in here. And so we just think, we just think, I can't, I can't let them, I can't let them go. Because if I let them go, you know, we would never say this, but I'm just going to say it because that's what we think. If I let them go out of my life, if I let that relationship go away, if I let that person walk away from me, then God can't do it through somebody else. Oh, no. Now, we would never say that, never. But we, but we just live it instead. And so those people that God no longer wants tied to us, we hold on to. And watch this. We let our morals What God has called us to walk in. Christians, I'm talking to you for a second, but stay with me if you're not saved. If you haven't followed Jesus in here. So we let our moral compass, our our ideal system that God has called us to be, to then be controlled by whatever they say. That is the the reason that this world, listen to me, is so politically correct today. Let me define political correctness for you. It is kind lying because we don't believe it. It's it's bull crap. Excuse me if that offends you, but I'm not being politically correct today. Come on, somebody. (laughs) It's deciding that what they, everybody say they, they, think should control my life. So in order to keep control of the conversations, we try to force things that God wants to flow. In order to force, excuse me, in order to make sure that I'm in control of everything in my life, I then try to force. I force my way into doors that aren't my doors. What what does the door mean? Let me just break it down a little bit. If God has called me to something, that's an open door. But watch this. If he has not, it ain't my door. And I'm talking about people a lot of times, y'all. Because we look out and we think, if I could just be in a relationship with her, man, she's awesome. She's got it all. But she, if she's not for you, you ought to run. Somebody say yes. yes. I don't care how pretty she is. Pretty eventually needs to talk. <laughs> I don't care how handsome and how much money he's got. If he raises his hand to you, and I'm not being funny now. I don't care what anybody's got. Listen to me. We, I'm just going to be real right now because I hadn't been already. <laughs> We've got to be honest with ourselves and say this. My relationship issues are as a result of believing that they offer me more than God does. <laughs> Hold up a second, pastor. <laughs> but you know what? I'm not going to put this on y'all. I've noticed that most of the time, most of the time, the stress in my own life is an unwillingness to let it go. Everybody say, let it go. go. I don't know what the it is in your life, but I'm telling you today what we're going to talk about is specifically relationships. And I want to show you something so interesting because this series is really based on Psalm 1. And there's going to be tentacles or, or different verses that we look at. But it's going to be based on this. And today we're just really going to look at the first verse. Now I'm going to preach some other ones. But it's going to be based on this. Because there's, there's these three interesting things that David, the author of Psalms, told us that we're blessed if we are not. Watch. He said, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. He said, blessed is the man who does not stand in the way of sinners. Blessed is the man who does not sit in the seat of scoffers. And so immediately, what comes to my mind is, okay, we need a plan, right? I need, to get, I need to get 30 people in a room, and I need them to tell me who it is that I can and cannot sit with because I need to know, watch this, who the scoffers are. This is not about the scoffers. I don't even know what it means. Can I be honest with you? all I'm just kidding. I do. But we're not going to focus on scoffer. We're not going to focus on counsel or wicked. We're not going to focus on on sinners because that's all of us. So we are going to focus on that a little bit, but we're going to focus on how he gets to us. We're not going to focus on all those little fun words, me, because that's what we like to do, right? I feel better if I can read the Bible and feel real good about myself and get real, real educated on stuff and then keep walking the same way I'm walking. We don't have to be quiet. We can talk. So, 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 so this is what I want to preach on for a second. If, if it's blessed or blessed is the man who, who does not, then what about the dude that does? So I just decided I want to know what does walk and stand and sit really mean? What do these things really mean? And how does that have anything to do with yield and Pentecost and the whole crazy thing that you started with? I'm glad you asked. Because I'm going to tell you right now, walk means to adhere to the behavior of. Let me just break it down another little, it means the culture that you live by. Blessed is the man who does not walk, adhere to the behavior of. Hang on a second. That is not what I do. What it is, what I do. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? A lot of times. How do I know if I'm walking in the counsel of the wicked? I want to tear this two steps further. If you're walking in the counsel only of man, human beings. I'm not talking about male or female. I'm talking about if your life is being controlled by the opinion of a human being, if every day that you wake up the first thing on your mind is not what has God called me to do, let me put on these these clothes and let me step to it. Let me offer this body a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God by viewing his mercies. Let me just go with him today. Let me take a walk with him today and yield completely this thing that is carnal in flesh because I'm going to tell you, and this isn't going to be fun for some of you because you want to put a pastor on a pedestal but I'm going to tell you who is the counsel of the wicked in this case who's walking it's me Uh, you ready to leave honey because this is awkward right now the pastor just said it's him it is me watch this whenever I'm trying to go without him and unyielding I am for sure the counsel of the wicked I will manipulate you till the cows come home watch this to try to force what God intends to flow what God intends to be a fit, I try to force. And so, so, so I might tell you something, and listen, here's what we say. We try to break it down. We try to break it down with relationships. We try to say, you know what, I didn't mean anything by that. I'm going to be honest with you. I just preached on that two weeks ago, so let me take that back. I'm not going to say that anymore, right? I was already being honest with you. It doesn't matter if I was trying to manipulate you or not. If I'm not walking based on what God said, and then put a big period at the end of that, that I'm, that I'm the counselor of the wicked. Because what we want to do is we want to look out there and say, all them bad people, don't you go around them. That's not who he's talking about. He's talking about me. Me. If I'm the counselor in your life above the Lord Jesus, you are in dire straits. I know a pastor's not supposed to say this. I know I'm supposed to say this. You ought to just listen to me, everything I say. You ought not. I'm glad Leah's not here because she'd be in big time right now. Come on, somebody. Here's the deal. I believe what I've been saying that we're called as a church to change the culture of the upstate, but not by my words do we change the upstate, but by his word but by what he says. We declare in agreement after falling under his authority, completely yielding to him in submission. But whenever I want to be in control of every situation, I put my nose where it shouldn't be going and I begin to walk in adherence or behind or follow up or do whatever they say. And we know this is true because we look out and we think I'm about to post this, say this, do this, but what will they think? Listen to me. If he said it, I'm going to go with it, and I don't care if all of they don't get it. Public opinion has never changed the world. And then I love these two because it's, this is literally, y'all, how we're supposed to walk with God. I mean, it's just like the perfect picture of, of John 15, abide in me and I will abide in you, remain in me and I will remain in you. And so the cent means to be an ambassador of, to be a representation of that. And so we got people that I'm telling you, they'll beat the drum of their party politically. I'm a Republican, boom, 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 boom. Last time I checked, the Republican did not die on the cross and save anybody's soul. Oh, but them other ones kill babies. I know I'm being awkward for some people. And they have a beef on the other side I'm calling Republicans these, too, don't worry. Of saying, well, they don't care about the poor. They don't care about anybody but rich white people. And they got beef. And right now, half of you feel uncomfortable with what I said just now, and the other half with what I said a minute ago, because we're adhering to the behavior that they tell us, and we're abiding as ambassadors for them. I'm just here to tell you, I don't care if you're a Republican or Democrat. I want to know if you were bought by the blood of Jesus Christ and decided to follow him. <clears throat> And then we ask this question, like, we'll post frustrating things about how difficult our lives are in this first world that we struggle so deeply in, some of us, you know. My tire was flat. Oh, wow. That's tough, right? I'm talking about me now. I'm not talking about y'all. And then we begin to follow. Everybody say follow. follow. Say it again. Follow. 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 Now, now listen, I'm not talking about your job. I'm not talking about your job because if you have a job and you decide that you're going to go into your boss tomorrow <laughs> with a smart, aleck attitude and say, I refuse to do, that might be what God calls you to, but don't listen to me. Do you hear me? I'm not the voice of the Lord in that area of your life unless he tells me. And he hasn't about any of y'all. I'm still trying to figure what he's saying out about me. But if God tells you to do something and you refuse, then you've allowed somebody to be who you follow. And then we're frustrated, watch, that those relationships aren't working. When y'all, they're not going to work. You can't fix what only God can fit. You can't fix what is supposed to flow in Christ Jesus. And so many of us will not relinquish control. Watch, listen, listen, because we are so envious of other people's relationships that we kill the ones that God called us to. And we got our eyes fixed on this one person. And so like, take me for, for instance, as a pastor, there's these pastors out there that people look at and say, man, they're awesome. And if all I do is try to be in relationship with them, I'll jump right over the ones that God's called me to be tied to. Y'all listen. Listen. This is my attitude, and y'all don't have to like it. If God didn't call me to that person in direct relationship, because I can be in relationship with everybody in the room and they not have a part of truly tied to my heart. You can be tied to someone who I'm tied to. But if God does not call me directly to them, I'm not forcing what God only wants to fit. That's tough, because that means with some of them, I got to let go. Can I just show you something right here? That's why... It's difficult for us when the Bible says, for this reason, a man should leave. Everybody say leave. Leave. We change it to let go of. His father and mother and be united or tied to his wife and the two become one flesh. A lot of times, let me just help some people in the room. The problems that I see in marriage are you're tied to her, but you're still tied to them. My Bible does not say that Ken and Loretta have to be tied to me anymore. That's my parents, if y'all didn't know. Like, who's Ken and Loretta? (laughs) My Bible does not say I have to be tied to them. It does say I should honor them. But if they're controlling your home, you need to let them go. If they're trying to parent your kids and they won't let you do it, let them go. Someone say, "Let let them go. I'm an adult. So my parents are in a different state of life and I love them and I always honor them in their position, but I do not let them run my household. I follow Jesus. Now, if you need their help and you want their counsel, do it. But don't try to control the outcome if you decide to make the call. I'm preaching real good right now. So we love to walk and to stand and to sit behind men, but we're frustrated that we're in the mess that we're in. That rhymed a little bit. That was on accident. (laughs) But he said, you've got an option. You can delight in the law of the Lord. You don't clean up your mess. He cleans it up. You don't come when you're good. You come right now. You don't wait till you got it all figured out. You ain't going to get it all figured out, everybody. He's just calling you to walk with him. He just wants you to walk in it right now, right now. Everybody say right now. Let it go and walk. Let it go and walk. Stop trying to control. He said, yield, yield, yield. That's all I keep hearing in my time with the Lord. I'm like, okay. And I still didn't yield. Y'all hear that? Yeah. He said, said, this guy meditates on it day and night, but I can see in my own relationships that I'm meditating, thinking about, chewing on He's like, I'm not meditating about her. I'm not married to her. I'm not meditating about him. That's the dude that's weird. I don't meditate on Yes, you do. No, the definition of it, we absolutely do because we're consumed in our mind and in our mind's eye in everything that we think about, we're consumed with why won't they, why aren't they and why can't they? So we're meditating on them and watch this. Then we pray, God, come fix it. I'm gonna give y'all some bad news. He ain't coming to fix it. He'll come to you. He will rescue you. He loves you in your mess. He is not mad at you. But God's not going to fix a mess that you refuse to let go of. And so as long as I keep building the mess of the nest, he's going to let me live in it. And in love, say, as soon as you'll relinquish and let it go, I'll come. That does not mean, by the way, that there's not still a mess there. It just means that he lifts off the pressure that I put on myself every day to meet a standard that God only can call me to meet. And then something so fascinating, I love this is the next verse. He said, he's like a tree. Say tree. tree. Planted. Not a tree that's just hanging out and it'll be uprooted every time that the wind blows because that's the next verse. Every time there's an opinion that changes, it says the, the evil are like chaff. That, that's us. But he said, no, they're, they're planted by streams of water that yield its fruit. I love this so much. In its season. And its leaf does not wither because in all it does, he prospers in everything. Watch. This is so cool. Why is yielding so important? I focus so much on being fruitful in my life and fail to realize if I'm planted as a human being where I should be planted, I'm going to be fruitful exactly when God called me to be. Did you know that in my life, if I focus on, I'm going to spit off the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, The fruit of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And against such things, there is no law. And so if I focus on, i got to be fruitful, i got to be love, joy, and all those, right? If we're focusing on that, i got bad news. I'm going to be that big list in Galatians 5 right before that, and it ain't going to be good. And I'm going to ask this question, why do I keep doing those bad things? And I ain't loving nobody, and I'm mean to them, and there's no multiplies, and I'm not living like he's called me to, but I want to so bad. You ready for this? If I'm trying to control the fruit, then I'm going to have some. It just ain't going to be the Holy Spirit's fruit. But but if I'll yield or be planted where he's called me to be, then the Bible says that I will yield the fruit in when it's in season. I will not wither up and die. So, so this is the picture. And I'm not going to spend a ton of time, but this is so cool because this is really what the boundaries of our lives are based on. This is really what the mess or addressing it is based on in this series, and we're going to hit it in the next few weeks a little more. But y'all look, at it says it's a tree planted by streams of water. Jesus said in, in, in John chapter 4, And in John chapter 7, if anybody's thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Because out of this right here, out of Jesus, flow springs of living water. This is all that I'm being called to do is be planted in Christ. To let his flow, his river of life flow through me. And that, watch this, be what, what gives me nourishment in my life. Not any him or her. No hims or hers. No relationships, Above Christ, get to relinquish or excuse me, replenish me. I don't know what I said about relinquish, but they don't get to replenish me. But most of the time, the reason I get frustrated with you is because I've expected you to replenish what only God can do. I learned this, and I think this is the coolest thing ever. God made us, by the way, to be tied to each other, but God did not make me to be tied directly to each one of you. God made us as a community. followers of Jesus to be tied to who's tied to who's tied to who's tied. And if I get my nourishment, it can successfully go to everyone. And the trees are the most beautiful picture of this, y'all. I did not ever know this before. A tree, when it's planted by a river, it cannot rain for week after week after week, and it's still getting everything it needs because its root system can actually go down into the river, and it's getting everything that it needs. I knew that. I'm good with that. I'm good with the understanding of, that it yields because of the streams and the, I got all that. What I did not know is a tree can be planted three miles from the river, and because of the way the root systems of trees go tied one to another, a tree that's three miles away can get nourishment from the tree that's tied to the river. If that tree's mad because it's not tied to this tree, oh, I think that that tree should be the one that I'm tied to, then they'll be mad and they'll be isolated, but they won't get any nourishment. But if that tree will be tied to who it's supposed to be tied to, who it's supposed to be tied to, then they'll get the nourishment that they need from the river. So you don't have to have my experience, inspiration, my word. You can just be tied to who's supposed to be tied to you and let go of who you're supposed to let go of, everybody. And God will give you the nourishment that you need. And in the right season, you'll, you'll yield the fruit of the Spirit. But as long as I'm trying to yield the fruit refusing to let go of what God needs me to do this over. And when I say needs, God really does not need me to do anything. He desires for me to make him the authority of my life every single day. And I might think it sounds good when it comes to him being God and me not being God. But in the little areas of my life like relationships, I just don't want to let it go. I just want to keep control. And so I wither up, and I dry up. And can I be honest with y'all? I know I can. Then I get mad at you because I withered up. Y'all ever notice that? Isn't that funny? That sorry mug, man. I can't believe he said this about me. When the person that's responsible for that is Mark Haston Pangle, because I refused to seek first the Lord. I refuse to put my eyes on him above all else. So the question is this. So how do we clean up this mess? Like what do we do about this? What do we do about the relationships in our life that we really need to let go of because God did not call us to be tied to them any longer? What do we do about the things in our lives that we're trying to control the outcomes of and God never asked us to be outcome controllers? He asks us to be followers. He never asked us to be forcers of his present. He asked us to be followers. He never asked us to fit everything perfectly and make sure that all people are connected. He said, you connect with who I've called you to and I'll do the rest. So so what do we do about it? Because it's hard. It's hard to look out at over 500 people each week as a pastor and say, how am I gonna connect all these people together? This is what I gotta realize in my life. That's not my job. Y'all hear what I'm saying? My job's to follow Jesus. My job's, when he says it, I do it. My job is to define faith in my life life and not just make it something cool to put on my desk. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we cannot. Say it again. What we cannot see. So for me to address the mess in my life, I've got to realize that I have one. (laughs) Right? Because most people want to say, go fix their mess. Without saying, this is the mess right here, this heart, this life, this, this unwillingness to yield. And then I've got to realize that God allowed the mess in my life. Instead of coming in to fix it, which is what we ask God to do all the time, I've got to start realizing that it had to happen, that it took the mess to arrange the meeting that I'm going to have with God. So I'm going to go back to that very first thing that I said about Pentecost, just because I think it's important today. So the hero of the story is Jesus in every story in the Bible. But the main character in this one story, humanly speaking, is Peter. Y'all, nobody could ever mess it up. Everybody say mess it up. It's hard to mess it up like that dude did. Like he, stood, he was one of the three closest people to Jesus the whole time he was on earth. The whole time Jesus was doing his ministry. I mean, he, was, he, was, he lived in Peter's house. Y'all imagine this, you're a roommate for almost three years. On the day that you tell him, I'm about to die, in the upper room, he says, Jesus looks at him and says, my body's going to be broken, I'm going to shed my blood. Peter's like, never, I won't let you. You're the man. I've watched you do all these things. And just imagine being one of them. He just went into Lazarus's tomb a couple months ago. That dude was dead as a hammer four days, and he spoke in the tomb and he came out. He ain't going to die. Y'all, we would have thought the same thing. And Peter in there with that big, bold personality says, I'm never going to turn my back on you. I'll never, he said, you'll deny me three times before the rooster crows. And you can imagine being him. I will not. I've been focusing on doing good. I've been trying to do the right thing. I've been leading. I've been learning how this looks. I'm going to force it that I'm never going to mess up. He knew the whole time. Y'all, Jesus is not surprised when you mess up. He's just waiting on you to say, I'm a mess. I relinquish to you. So Jesus dies, but right before he does, he's being tried. And, and, and the third time that Peter denied him, right outside of the house of Caiaphas in Jerusalem, he swears like a cuss word, not I promise. He swears in front of a, someone about y'all's age, a, a middle school age girl, swore that he'd never knew Jesus, swore he wasn't one of his followers, boldly listens to the mess, boldly starts adhering to what the world tells him to, boldly starts falling behind and standing and sitting and and becoming what exactly he said he'd never become. And he sees Jesus. and I cannot imagine the feeling of seeing Jesus in that moment, y'all. Because I don't believe Jesus had a I told you so look on his face. I think Jesus had compassion on his face in that moment, which would be far worse. Like in times that we know we're the mess, it's a lot easier if someone looks at us and says, You're wrong for that. I caught you. But Jesus, with compassion in his eyes, can you imagine seeing that? And like any of us would do, Peter ran for the hills. Oh, in the story, Jesus died and rose again, and then they got to meet him. Peter was the first one in the empty tomb. He celebrated like crazy. Jesus is alive. But even after that, he still thought to himself, I'm a mess. I never thought I'd screw up this bad. I never thought I'd have this low. The one person that I wanted to have a relationship with forever, I ruined. I ruined his reputation by lying. I'm a mess. And then Jesus comes to him on the shore of the Sea of Galilee and says, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Do you love me? Feed my lambs. Watch this. I love this. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. And then he says this one thing that's so interesting and follow me. He said, Follow me, follow me, follow me. He did not say you're the man. He did not say the whole thing's on you. He just said, Follow me, yield to me, follow me. So let's fast forward a few more days, and Jesus, you you, you get to Acts chapter one, and Jesus is standing on the the Mount of Olives, and and, and he's about to ascend into heaven, which would be insane to watch, right? And he said this one thing I need you to wait. I need you to wait till the Holy Spirit comes. Everybody say wait. Because that's what yield really means, right? Just wait. Follow my lead. Wait on me. And it took 10 days. And in that same upper room, in that same small room where Jesus broke bread and gave it to the disciples, there was about 120 people in the room, which is roughly what there is in this room today at this service. And can you imagine... You're sitting around, you're talking, you're, you're having a discussion because I do not believe that they knew that morning what was about to take place. I believe they knew one thing He's called us to wait till the Holy Spirit comes. And then, boom, all of a sudden, the same dude that had to admit that he had a mess had a meeting that was insane. And I'm convinced that if the meeting had happened without, a, without his mess, he'd have made a mess of it because he'd have been proud of himself. But because he had to be stripped off of all his old and be in the middle of his junk, God was not mad at him. He came to him and everything changed. Y'all, we are here today because a man realized he was in a mess and then had a meeting. And I didn't plan that, but that came out good. <laughs> And that day, 3,000 people did what we're about to do with at least a few people. And they got baptized in these pools down in the old city of Jerusalem. But listen to what I'm saying. 3,000 people out of 120. Are y'all with me? It'd be like the barnyard clearing out right now and everybody coming in and saying, we heard some kind of Holy Spirit thing was happening over there at the four points and we're going to come check it out and we need Jesus and we want to be filled with his spirit right now. We want everything that God's got for us and so we're coming to do it. Peter didn't do that, y'all. Do you hear what I'm saying? Peter didn't all of a sudden learn how to preach that day. Peter yielded and said, I'll wait till you say it and then once you come, we'll go. And from that day forward, they screwed up. They did dumb things. They did whatever, but they went with God. And to this day, his church is still spreading like wildfire. The only way that we don't change the world with the gospel of Jesus is if we try to control it, if we don't wait, if we try to go once we see and not God, if you say it, I'll do it. If you say it, I'll do it. If we try to control every relationship, we'll kill the ones that God called us to. We won't replenish down the street two, three miles away because we're tied in Christ Jesus one to another. We got to be tied to them. They're better than me. No, there's one that I need to focus on be tied to or to be tied to above Leah, above Hasten, above Laney and it's Christ and him alone. And then I must yield and I must walk and that is it. That is what this thing boils down to. but I want to close with this with this because I believe this shows you the picture of why we don't do it. In Luke chapter 9, this is a conversation about following, and I believe this is us, y'all. Jesus said in this conversation, you just come follow me. Everybody say follow. follow. Just follow. And the man said, I'll do that. That sounds good. But first, let me return to my house and go bury my dad because he passed. And Jesus said, let the spiritually dead bury the spiritually dead. Your duty is to go and preach about the kingdom of God. Well, that sounds harsh, doesn't it? But what we don't realize in the Jewish faith is he was literally dead, but the burial service was over a month long. And this is what we tell God all the time. God, wait. Listen, listen, listen. Don't miss this. We don't tell God, wait. God tells us, wait. You with me? When we say, wait, when God says, Go. We walk straight out of what he's called us to and straight into working the rest of our lives for whatever we're going to get. And then the next one says, Lord, I want to follow you. I mean, you've called me to do this. You've called me to walk with you. You come to First, let me say goodbye to my family, which is what many of us do. Let me explain myself to them. Y'all with me? I know y'all are with me because I can feel that y'all know what I'm talking about. Before I make this decision, man, God, Listen. They ain't gonna understand. I gotta explain myself to them. And Jesus said, Now, anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back, once God calls you, then you go, Ooh, do they understand what I'm doing? It's not fit for the kingdom of God. So let me ask you this Who's in a mess? Because you keep looking back trying to fix what only God can fix. Who's in a mess today? Because you are unyielded in one or more areas of your life. Who's in a mess today? Because you're so convinced that you're right, you won't even look to the one that is true and right. Who's in a mess today because you're consumed with the thoughts of what somebody else thinks about you that you can't let them go and step right into what God says about you? Who's in a mess today because you've never been willing to relinquish control of your heart because you hope God will come fix you when God wants you to follow him and free you? He loves you. Listen to me. He loves you so much right where you are. It had to happen, but you got to let him have it. You got to let it go you got to decide in your heart, I will follow Jesus and whatever he says, I will do. Wherever he says, I will go. I will let go of trying to control all the outcomes with my children because I cannot. I will let go trying to control every outcome with my spouse, every outcome with my friends, every outcome with everybody in my life. And if he says it, I'll do it. I will let go. Listen to me. I believe this is the first step of your life. And for some of you that are Christians, it may be the next step for you to do today i got to let it go. I'll follow him. Will you bow your head? Close your eyes. Pastor, I feel like you were talking straight to me. And I've got people and relationships and things in my life that I've tried to hold on to and tried to fix and try to recreate and try to do. I'm so tired of running. I'm so tired of fixing. I'm ready to follow. I'm ready to let go now, this second, and not whenever I get it all figured out. I'm ready to walk by faith and not by sight. If he says it, I'll get up and go. I believe God's speaking to some of you right now. I believe your heart's beating out of your chest and he's telling you to stand. I'm going to ask you to stand today because I think it's important to stand and say, I'll follow him. Thank you. Who else? I will stand and say, it is time. I'm tired of running. Thank you so much. I'm tired of running and I'm ready to follow. I'm tired of running and I'm ready to go. I'm ready to follow Jesus. I am ready. I am tired. I am overwhelmed. And I am ready to relinquish control to God. Let me pray with you right now. God, I feel overwhelmed in my heart in areas of my life. And I've tried to fix them and clean them up. But Lord, I'm relinquishing it all to you. All to Jesus, I surrender. All to Jesus I surrender. You are my Lord and Savior. You died and rose again to pay the price for my sin. And today I give you my life. I love you, Jesus. Amen. Listen to me. If for the first time you meant in your heart to pray that prayer or whatever prayer you said, I believe you're saved. And I believe people just did that. And so in just a second, we're going to do a baptism. I want y'all to hear this. I believe some of y'all have been saved a long time and you've never been baptized because you've been saying this. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait. What you waiting on? This isn't a maybe. This isn't a I might. This is a first commandment that God gave us to do, to show the world I'm one of his. Stop waiting and start stepping. We got clothes for you in the back. If you follow Jesus as your Lord, stop waiting and start stepping. We got clothes for you right now. There's people that are already going to get baptized right now and you can move. But I'm telling you, I believe some more people need to go ahead and get baptized. I don't want you to do it if you ain't called to do it. If you've done it three times, that's enough. (laughs) He saw you the first time. Come on, somebody. But if you need to surrender and admit that right now, I'm one of his and I'm tired of waiting, we got clothes for you right now. Go ahead. We got clothes for you. Are we excited today? Come on, somebody. I'm pumped up. Hey, before we start, I'm sorry. Before we start, I want to explain to you what we're going to do for baptism because I'm really excited about it. I believe in my heart that I should not be baptizing everybody. So here's how baptism is going to work from this day forward if you discipled somebody, you're going to baptize them. You hear what I'm saying? Isn't that awesome, y'all? So today is going to be the first day that we get to show that and Josh and Jenny are about to baptize Will and Christy because that's how it's supposed to look. That's how it's supposed to look. So Will, will you you do the baptizing? If if she gets baptized, will you do the baptizing for the next one? Because I think that's the right person or Rhonda or whoever, I don't care. But let me tell you something. Here's why we're going to do that. Because... I don't get to disciple, but a handful of people. Which means I'm the pastor of the church, but you're the pastor of them. You are are pastoring them when you're walking with them in Christ Jesus. And so I just think it's the coolest thing ever to get to show the world this is how we're going to do it. And so we're going to celebrate like crazy. If the person that's getting baptized is in your family or their friends or whatever, get up and move. Get up and move and surround the tub. And let's celebrate like crazy all that God is doing. So this is going to look different, but we want y'all to celebrate with us. So we're going to sing right now. And if you're getting baptized, you move now. I love you guys. Let's sing.